Heavenly Father, we do thank you that we can come and worship you and give glory and honour to your name. And one of the ways that we can do this is by submitting to your word, by hearing from your word, listening to our Father speak to us. Lord, we pray that you may be honoured, that you may be glorified, that you may be praised as we sit and listen to your word this morning. Lord, we pray that you may help me to speak clearly, speak without error. And Lord, we pray that all that is said this morning may be edifying for the people here. Whether they be unbelievers, Lord, we pray that they may be encouraged to seek you while you may be found. And for believers, we pray that they may be built up in the faith as a result of hearing your word preached. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, we recognise that laws and rule, roles go together. We don't follow rules from just anybody. We listen to those who are in authority. When people command us to do something, we establish whether they are in a position of authority to give us those orders. And we recognise this not just in our regular society, but also in our little societies uh, within the four walls of our homes. We recognise that only certain people have the authority to give rules out and to tell people what to do. One of the common phrases in our home is, you are not the parent. We say this on a regular basis to our children when one of them is starting to order the other person around. Stop talking. Go to your room. These kinds of commands might be given out by us, but when they're given out by one of the other children in the household, our reminder needs to be enforced that you are not the parent. It is not your role to give out orders. And so the other person does not need to listen to what you have to say in barking out those orders to you. And we've been looking at the subject of a particular role for a number of weeks now in Hebrews chapter 7, and that is the role of priests, the priesthood. We've seen in previous weeks that there is this priesthood in the Old Testament of Levi, and that is the standard priesthood. That is the one that the Jews know very well, and that is associated with laws. That is associated with the laws of the Old Testament given by Moses, and the priests enforce those laws. We've also been comparing another priesthood, the priesthood of Melchizedek, this man that shows up in Genesis and then disappears after a few verses and we never hear from him again. Yet the author of Hebrews has seen fit that we need to study this man in great detail and that's what we've been doing in Hebrews chapter 7, one of the most difficult chapters in the Bible because it's about someone that we don't know very little about and really isn't on our radar very often as Christians, this man Melchizedek, and how Melchizedek as a priest in the Old Testament actually is the one who has the priesthood that Jesus is a part of as well. Jesus is part of the priesthood of Melchizedek. And so we've got this contrast between the priests of Levi and the priests of Melchizedek, being Melchizedek and Jesus, and we're trying to work out which one is superior. Which one should you follow? Should you follow the priests of Levi or should you follow the priests of Melchizedek and Jesus Christ in particular? And so in previous weeks we've been seeing how the priesthood of Melchizedek, Melchizedek himself, was a greater man than the priests of Levi and even greater than their ancestor Abraham. And we've been looking at, at that in a, a number of sermons from Hebrews chapter 7 verse 1 down to verse 10 and that's where we finished last week. 
And now the author is going to continue to establish that the priesthood of Melchizedek is indeed the priesthood that we should follow. And the way he brings this about from now, he's starting to say, is there really need for another priesthood? Okay, we've got the priesthood of Levi and we've got the priesthood of Melchizedek. And both, okay, they're taught in the Old Testament, but can't we really just take one or the other? I mean, Melchizedek may be superior, but we're kind of used to Levi. Let's just stick with Levi. Melchizedek, he may be good, but let's just, it's, it's kind of like different flavours of ice cream. You like strawberry, I like chocolate. I'll take the strawberry, you take the chocolate. Is there really any need to follow Melchizedek? He may be really great, but is there a need to follow him? And to understand and answer this question of is Melchizedek one that we should follow, the priesthood of Melchizedek, and that is Jesus Christ, we need to look at the association of the priesthood, the Levitical priesthood, with the law. We need to look at the subject of the law this week, and that's because that's what verse 11 brings to our attention. Verse 11 of Hebrews chapter 7 introduces the, the foundation, the association that the law has with the priesthood of Levi. And so that's my first main point this morning. If you want to follow my main points, and I encourage you to do so, as uh, this is a very difficult subject, and it might be helpful for you to follow along, they're, they're printed there on the back of the church bulletin. And so my first main point this morning is the priesthood of Levi was based in the law. The priesthood of Levi was based in the law. And we understand this from verse 11 of, of, of Hebrews chapter 7, that the basis of the Levitical priesthood was the law that was given to the people. And we read that in verse 11. It says, If perfection could have been attained through the Levitical priesthood, for on the basis of it the law was given to the people, why was there still need for another priest to come, one in the order of Melchizedek, not in the order of Aaron? The author is asking that question that we're asking this morning. Why was there still a need for another priest to come? And he's mentioned in this verse that the Levitical priesthood is associated strongly with the law. See what's in the parentheses there in verse 11, those brackets. It says, For on the basis of it the law was given to the people. We understand that when laws are given, we provide consequences for what will happen if you break those laws or keep those laws. If you give out laws with no consequences attached for obedience or for disobedience, you may as well not give out the law. There's no point in commanding someone to do something if there is no way of understanding what will be ha happen if there is disobedience or obedience. And so the priesthood of Levi is built in to the law. The law and the priesthood go hand in hand together as one system. Why? Because when you break the law of God, you need some way to get back in right relationship with God. And that's where the priests came in. The priests were there to offer a sacrifice on your behalf to God so that you could be back in a right relationship with God. If the law was given out and there was no priesthood also associated with the law, then as soon as you break the law once, you're out and there's no way of reconciling with God. And so the priesthood is, is dependent upon the law, and the law is dependent upon the priesthood. And we see that in verse 11. It says in the brackets, For on the basis of it, the priesthood, the law was given for, uh, to the people. 
The priesthood and the law go hand in hand together. And we see that in the Old Testament reading that we, we read from Numbers, Numbers chapter 3, that the law, uh, that the law specifically commanded that the Levites were in charge as priests. Numbers chapter 3 verse 5, we read, The Lord said to Moses, Bring the tribe of Levi and present them to Aaron the priest to assist him. They are to perform duties for him and for the whole community at the tent of meeting by doing the work of the tabernacle. They are to take care of all the furnishings of the tent of meeting, fulfilling the obligations of the Israelites by doing the work of the tabernacle. Give the Levites to Aaron and his sons. They are the Israelites who are to be given wholly to him. Appoint Aaron and his sons to serve as priests. Anyone else who approaches the sanctuary must be put to death. The law had specific commands about the Levites, that the Levites were to perform those duties that priests were to do, and the Levites only. Now, if the Levitical priesthood is supported by the law, and the priesthood supports the law, why then is there the mention of another priesthood in the Old Testament? Why is another priesthood introduced? If God has set up, he said, this is your law, these are the consequences of your actions when you disobey the law, you have to go to the priests and the priests will help reconcile you to God through sacrifices. Why then, the author asks, is there need for another priesthood? And the fact is, there is another priesthood mentioned in the Old Testament, not just here in Hebrews 7, and that is in Psalm 110 verse 4, which the author has been quoting in a number of places already in Hebrews and will quote again for us in verse 17 of Hebrews chapter 7. He, he quotes it there as part of his argument. He says in Hebrews chapter 7 verse 17, for it is declared, and then this is a quote from Psalm 110 verse 4, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. And we read that psalm when we opened worship this morning. And we see there that is a psalm that speaks about the Messiah to come. And the Messiah is not said to be a priest in the order of Levi, but in the order of Melchizedek. And this is an amazing fact because it puts a real spanner in the works for the Jews. Because they've got their Levitical priesthood, which they've been using for years and years. And then a thousand years or so after Abraham, you've got this psalmist saying that there's going to be another priest in the order of Melchizedek. And that really puts a spanner in the work. What need is there for another priest to come? That's what the author is saying in verse 11. Why was there still need for another priest to come? One in the order of Melchizedek, not in the order of Aaron. Why start talking about Melchizedek? We could say, yes, Melchizedek was a priest before Levi was instituted, but after Levi comes along, let's leave Melchizedek in the background and they don't need to worry about him anymore. But Psalm 110 then pops up and says there's another priest coming and he's not going to be in the priesthood of Levi, he's going to be in the priesthood of Melchizedek. Why would there be a need for another priesthood? Surely the law with the priest is sufficient for us. But the author points out that there is a problem with having the law and having the priesthood. There is something that cannot be brought by having the law and having the priesthood. And what is that? Well, that brings me to my second main point this morning. The priesthood of Levi did not bring perfection. The priesthood of Levi did not bring perfection. And that's what verse 11 says. 
if perfection, verse 11, if perfection could have been attained through the Levitical priesthood, for on the basis of it the law was given to the people, why was there still need for another priest to, to, priest to come, one in the order of Melchizedek, not in the order of Aaron? We have to remember that perfection did not come through having the law. And we long to be perfect. We want to be perfect. We recognize that we do wrong things and we want to be like God and do nothing wrong, to be holy like him and always do the right thing. And sometimes we think, oh, if I just knew what was right and wrong, then I would be perfect. I would do the right thing. Part of my problem is just ignorance. If I know what the law is, then of course I will keep the law. I'll be a good person all the time. But when we actually start to have the law and try and keep the law, we recognize how often we fail to keep the law. It's not about ignorance. It's about our sinful selves. We keep on breaking the law. Having the law is not going to make us right because we just continue to break the law. The Levitical priests with their law could not bring perfection in the Israelites. We see that in the Old Testament. We see that time and time again, Israelites who have the law continue to break the law. The heroes in the Old Testament, you look at um, in, in like Hebrews 11 where it goes through the heroes of the faith and you recognize that they all had flaws. They had problems. Moses makes mistakes. David makes mistakes, Noah makes mistakes, Abraham makes mistakes, and yet they knew God and they knew his laws. Yet they did not find perfection in keeping God's laws because they couldn't keep God's laws. And it's the same in our case. The law, if we have it, usually doesn't make us make us right. It doesn't bring perfection. Instead, all it does is illustrate how wrong we are. It usually demonstrates our failings. And that's what Romans uh, 3 verse 20 tells us. Paul, the Apostle Paul says, Therefore no one will be declared righteous in his, that's God, sight by observing the law. Rather, through the law we become conscious of sin. What does the law do? It doesn't make you right. It just makes you conscious of your sin. So why was there need for another priesthood to be mentioned in Psalm 110 verse 4? Why was the priesthood of Melchizedek brought up? Well, it's because the Levitical priesthood and the law with it could not bring perfection. So then we have to ask, if the law was associated with the priesthood of Levi and it could not bring perfection, then what about Melchizedek? What is Melchizedek associated with, the priesthood of Melchizedek? Is it associated with another law? But won't that then fail to bring perfection as well? If the law of Jesus, if, we, if, if uh, the priesthood of Jesus, I should say, the priesthood of Jesus is associated with another law, won't we then just break that law and not obtain perfection as well? What is the priesthood of Jesus, the priesthood of Melchizedek, associated with? That brings me to my third main point this morning. The priesthood of Christ, the priesthood of Jesus, the priesthood of Melchizedek is based in grace, is based in grace. We have to understand that the priesthood of Christ is apart from the law. 
And the Bible tells us that. The priesthood of Levi was with the law. The priesthood of Christ is apart from the law. We read in Romans chapter 3, But now a righteousness from God apart from law has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. A righteousness from God apart from law has been made known. And if it is apart from the law, then what is it associated with? Well, as I said, it's associated with grace. And we read that in Romans chapter 6, verse 14. It says, For sin shall not be your master, this is for Christians, because you are not under law, but under grace. And Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, not by works of the law, so that no one can boast. The priesthood of Jesus is not associated with the law. It is associated with grace. So it's vastly different from the priesthood of Levi. Now how is it possible to be right with God by not observing the law? Well, it's built on grace through faith. What do we need to do? We need to believe in Jesus Christ if we are to have him as our high priest. And that's what Romans chapter 3, 21 to 26 tells us. Romans chapter 3, 21 to 26, one of the classic parts of the Bible. Some people would say it's the heart of the Bible. Verses 21 to 26 of Romans chapter 3. And I'll read from verse 22. It says, This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There's a righteousness that comes through faith. There is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We've all broken God's law and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. He did this to demonstrate his justice because in his forbearance he had left sins, the, the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his justice at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. Have faith in Jesus. So the priesthood of Christ is based in grace, not the law. But does the priesthood of Christ bring perfection? We're told it's based in grace and all we have to do is believe, but will it actually bring perfection? We saw that the law does not bring perfection. Does the priesthood of Christ and grace and faith, does that bring perfection? Well, that's my fourth main point this morning. The priesthood of Christ brings perfection. The priesthood of, of, of Christ brings perfection. And Hebrews chapter 10 verse 14 tells us this. Uh, you should be right there in Hebrews, so just flip over one page to Hebrews chapter 10 verse 14. But I'll read from verse 13. Hebrews 10, page 1190 of the Black Church Bibles. Verse 13, it says, Since that time he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool, because by one sacrifice he has made perfect. Same Greek word as back in chapter 7, verse 11. He has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. He has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. When you become a Christian, you actually are sanctified. You are made holy you are perfect because of the work of Jesus Christ. 
At the cross, a marvellous transfer takes place. When you believe this happens to you, Jesus takes your sin over onto him and pays the penalty for your sin. He is the sacrifice of atonement for your sin. And all his righteousness, all the good that he does, is transferred over to you. And so you are perfect in God's eyes because of the work of Jesus Christ. Now we experience that positionally. It's a positional sanctification that we're positionally holy. But of course we still in this world you'll say, I still sin. So am I really holy? Am I really perfect? Well, we get a, we, we are seen to be righteous in God's eyes now, but yes, we still sin. We get a taste of the kingdom in this world. There's a now not yet understanding of Christians in this world. We get many of the blessings of the future kingdom in heaven here in this world. But there is a lot that remains. And that ultimate perfection where you will never sin any longer is still to come. And that's what the, the author of Hebrews is saying there in verse 14, isn't he? He's saying, because by one sacrifice he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. We're being made holy, but we are perfect as well because of Christ's work. And one day we will be perfect forever. One of the wonderful things that I love to consider about heaven is not the streets made of gold, it's not the no more crying, the no more pain, although that's all wonderful and good, but it's the fact that I will be perfect, that I will not sin and grieve my God any longer by my sin, that I will always do what is right, I will always be holy. And how is that possible? Is it by having the law in heaven that we will suddenly be made holy? No, it's because of the work of Jesus Christ. He is the one that makes us holy. And it's all by God's grace if we will trust in him. So we are made perfect by the priesthood of Christ. And not just in our relationship with God. The righteousness that we experience, the holiness we'll experience in heaven and we start to taste in this world. There's also other wonderful perfections that I couldn't help but list as we consider the perfection that Christ brings. What else do we experience that's perfect as Christians? Well, we experience perfect peace. There's this wonderful peace that we'll have in heaven that is perfect. We'll no longer be in discord with people around us, with the creation in heaven, and with God himself. We'll be in perfect relationship with him. There's perfect light that comes. As a Christian, Jesus reveals God to us and gives us great wisdom, great knowledge. The mysteries of God are revealed through the priesthood of Jesus Christ. Many mysteries, many things were revealed by the Levitical priesthood about who God is. But with Christ we get perfect knowledge, we get perfect understanding and there will be a perfect future state that we will go to. As I said before, the wonderful thing about heaven, no more pain, no more crying. It's a perfect state that we are headed for with perfect joy. Won't that be wonderful to have joy that is no longer tainted with sin? A joy that you don't get down because you consider something else. You're able to rejoice in God for perfectly for all of eternity. And there's a perfect glory that we enjoy as Christians as well where God glorifies us and we are able to praise his name. 
So was there a need for another priesthood? That's what the author is asking us in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 11. He says, If perfection could have been attained through the Levitical priesthood, for on the basis of it the law was given to the people, why was there still need for another priest to come, one in the order of Melchizedek, not in the order of Aaron? What is the answer? The answer is there was a need because perfection could not come. Is there need for another priesthood, a priest in the order of Melchizedek? Yes. The first priesthood was in conjunction with the law and could not bring perfection. Whereas the second priesthood, well, we could call it the first because it really is before if uh, um, before Levi, that priesthood is one that is based in grace and brought real perfection. So are you a part of the priesthood of Levi? You may not recognize Levi, but you could be in the priesthood of Levi where you're simply trying to keep the law. You're trying to be a good person. You're trying to be Mr. Perfect or Little Miss Perfect and trying to keep the law. Do you realize that that will not make you perfect? Having the law does not make anyone perfect because we are sinful creatures and as soon as we have the law, we start to realize where we have failed. Are you trying to work your way into heaven? Are you trying to be perfect by works? It won't happen. You cannot be perfect. Or do you have a priest whose priesthood is based in grace and faith in Jesus Christ? I encourage you, if you do not have Jesus as your priest, trust in him and experience a taste of perfection here in this world and then one day experience real perfection for all of eternity. It is wonderful joy to be a Christian because you do start to see yourself able to do some things right. Don't do everything right, but some things. And you start to have this real peace, this real joy in God. Yes, there are down days. Yes, there can be whole down periods. But there's a joy that comes with being a Christian, knowing that you are at peace with God and that you are perfect in his eyes. You may see your imperfections as you look at the law, but God sees Jesus Christ in you and sees you and says that you are perfect because of Christ's work. That is a wonderful joy in being a Christian. Embrace Jesus Christ today. Trust that he died for you and his blood cleanses you and his righteousness is put over to your account. And if you are a Christian, revel in that perfection that you experience a taste of now and look forward to for all, you will experience for all of eternity. Rejoice in the fact that God sees you as perfect and look forward to the fact that one day you will be perfect in the way that you behave and give God the glory for giving you a priest in the order of Melchizedek that is associated with grace and not the law so that you can indeed be perfect in his eyes. Let us speak with our God now. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for what your word tells us about your son Jesus Christ and his priesthood. We thank you that he is indeed a priest. And he is not a priest who is associated with law, a law that illustrates to us again and again how sinful we are, that reveals our failings. But instead, 
that this is a priesthood that is associated with a wonderful oath, a promise, a hope and grace and your love and your and the faith that we profess. Lord, it is so wonderful to know that we are made perfect in your eyes by the priesthood of Christ. The priesthood of Levi could never make us perfect, but the priesthood of Christ can. So, Lord, we pray that we may not cling to any kind of works-based religion that does not bring perfection, but may we cling to Christ himself, knowing that he is our great high priest, and we have a taste of perfection even now, and we will one day be perfect for all of eternity. So, Lord, we pray that we may cling to Christ and take real joy in what he has done for us. And we pray this in his name. Amen.